Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello and welcome back to Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Carrie Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced recently it will leave the monarch butterfly off the endangered species list. That's good news for Texas farmers and ranchers. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. USDA has published its final GYPSA rule. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas cattle producers now have a new way to market their meat directly to consumers. It's an online platform called Meatocracy. Meatocracy is is an online meat selling platform that we developed. Um, And we developed it initially uh, to try to appeal to people who wanted to buy local beef directly from the farm and get to the farm gate and make those connections with, with the farm gate. That's Lyndon Lusitza, the founder and creator of Meatocracy. He says the recent beef supply chain disruption caused by COVID-19 caused many cattle producers to look for other outlets to market their beef. You know, we understand that you're never going to be able to sell all your product locally uh, if you got any type of herd size, right? But if you can offload, you know, maybe an extra five or 10 a year, we, we got now producers that are building up that are doing five to 10 a week. We have that platform that we work with producers to try to, you know, give them an outlet so that they can sell an alternative way of selling their product locally. And many consumers now want to buy their meat from a local producer. They just don't quite know how. For, for us growing up on the farm, it's really, really easy to know who those producers are and buy directly from a farmer. But if you're from a city, a lot of times those connections are lost. You don't have the ability to know who your local producer is. So we said if we can bridge that gap, provide the farmer with a way of setting up a, a store either on the Meetocracy app or the web store, and, and you get both when, when you sign with Meetocracy, then the farmer can set their, their price, right, of their product. They can determine what products they want to sell. They can set the market radius. They could say, you know what, we want to stretch it out so we, we can serve that Houston area or that Waco area or the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you'd like more information, check out meetocracy.com. M-E-A-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y.com. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced it will leave the monarch butterfly off of the endangered species list. Gary Joyner says that's good news for Texas farmers and ranchers. Monarch butterflies continue to migrate through Texas. They'll land on habitat on many of our state's farms and ranches during their trips north and south. Lone Star State farmers and ranchers are thankful the monarch is not landing right now on the federal endangered species list. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced recently it will leave the monarch butterfly off the endangered species list. The service issued a warranted but precluded decision 
which means the monarch will be considered a candidate species for now. The agency will monitor the health of the monarch butterfly population. The decision gives more opportunity for public-private partnerships to continue to support and enhance conservation efforts for the monarch. More than a half a million acres across the nation are currently set aside specifically to provide habitat for bees and butterflies. Many of those acres are in Texas. That's important because Texas covers a large portion of the monarch butterfly's migratory flyway corridor. An endangered listing of the butterfly would likely have significant impacts on agriculture. If a listing were to occur, half of the state could be designated as critical habitat due to the expanse of the flyway. The agency's decision bodes well for farmers and ranchers working to conserve the pollinator. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has published its final rule clarifying definitions in the Packers and Stockyards Act. Jessica Domel has more. The 2008 Farm Bill instructed the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Grain Inspection Packers and Stockyards Administration, or GIPSA, to create rules and definitions that provide additional protections for livestock and poultry producers against unfair practices. The rules and definitions are also supposed to address new market conditions not covered by existing rules. Earlier this month, USDA published its final rule. According to the American Farm Bureau Federation, the rule clarifies the types of conduct prohibited by the Packers and Stockyards Act and sets forth the criteria the Secretary of Agriculture will consider when determining whether conduct by packers, contractors, or dealers represents an undue or unreasonable preference or advantage to any person or locality. Those criteria are cost savings, competitors' prices, competitors' terms, and reasonable business decisions. In terms of cost savings, the final rule says the Secretary of Agriculture will consider whether the preference or advantage in question can be justified on the basis of cost savings related to dealing with different producers. Farm Bureau says that could apply to price differences due to transportation costs to a slaughter facility. In terms of competitor pricing, that means the secretary must consider whether the preference or advantage in question can be justified on the basis of just meeting a competitor's prices offered to a producer. Similarly, the secretary must also consider a competitor's terms offered to a specific producer or area. As for the final consideration, reasonable business decisions, that means the secretary must consider whether the preference or advantage being questioned can be justified as a reasonable business decision. AFBF says this section changed between the proposed rule and this final rule. The proposal included the words that would be customary in the industry. AFBF said that wording is problematic as it may be broadly interpreted or abused. That wording is not included in the final rule. The four criteria listed in the final rule will be used by the secretary to determine whether or not an undue or unreasonable preference was given to one producer or group. USDA urges producers who feel like they've witnessed unfair conduct to report it. USDA Undersecretary Greg Ibaugh explains. 
If producers see developments within the marketplace that they think are anti-competitive or not transparent or present unfair practices, they're always encouraged to contact USDA and we will look into those concerns you have. And if any specific examples are always welcome for us to be able to follow up to conduct an investigation. That was USDA Undersecretary Greg Eibaugh. The GIPSA final rule goes into effect on January 11th. You can read the entire final rule on federalregister.gov. Simply search Packers and Stockyards Act. The document is 24 pages long. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Recent developments in the ag economy could provide insight into how next year might look for the farm sector in various economic indicators. Rod Bain reports from Washington. Several analysts in the ag sector are trying to forecast how recent economic developments, think higher commodity prices, improving export picture, lower supplies, etc., could translate into the farm financial picture for 2021. Tim Andreessen of CME Group says the volatility in the commodity markets in 2020 could perhaps continue in some areas next year. A positioning of the global grain markets that we don't have the excessive supplies that we thought we do, which means that volatility going forward is going to be a lot easier to come by. Which he says lends to the importance of producers having a diverse risk management portfolio in place. Tim Cook of Farm Credit says between rise of some commodity prices and various government program payments, there's opportunity for producers to improve their credit and lending abilities going into and through the first months of 2021. We think that there's an opportunity to replenish some working capital to pay down some debt that's built in some of the last three years where profit margins weren't as positive. And then as we look into 2021, crop prices are very strong and there's certainly an opportunity producers today to take some of the risk off the table from a price perspective, to give them a better start, at least, if you will, into 2021. The uptick in the ag economic outlook is also impacting other areas of the sector, trends that could continue through the first quarter of next year. According to Randy Dickoot of Farmers National Company. Some strength in the land market as we move through fall and into the winter time. So we have the income that's supporting land prices, but we also have increased outside interest in land by local or individual investors, some investment funds, and farmers themselves are much more aggressive buyers of farmland that's uh, coming up for sale. Some analysts, like CoBank's Tanner Emke, expect a weakening of the U.S. dollar overseas to begin 2021. And while the degree of such weakening remains undetermined, what Emke believes that could do for U.S. farm and food exports is... That's really going to cause importers around the world to come to the U.S. and buy our products that are going to be on sale because of the cheap dollar. And that's really going to put the pressure on commodity prices here in the U.S. to go up as end users bid for those commodities. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The Department of the Interior has added two Texas trails to the national trail system. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And now is the time to check your cattle for anaplasmosis. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some advice coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Now is the time of year to check your cattle for anaplasmosis. Dr. Bob Judd tells why. Although active cases of anaplasmosis typically decrease in the winter, it is a good time to evaluate for presence of the disease and to determine how many animals are truly infected. It is recommended for producers to work with their veterinarian and take blood samples from animals at risk and test these animals for infection. In herds that are infected, usually one-third to one-half of the herd is positive, so vaccination of the entire herd may not be the best option. Since the vaccine requires two doses one month apart and the vaccine costs about $20 per head for the initial shot and booster, testing the cattle to find out which ones are infected only costs 6 to $8 per head. Testing the entire herd is less expensive than vaccinating the entire herd, and you only have to vaccinate the animals that are negative on the test. Certainly changing needles between animals when vaccinating is required to avoid contamination and spreading the disease. One study indicated 60% of the animals became positive when the needle was not changed when vaccinating positive and then negative animals with the same needle. The disease is a blood parasite that is routinely transmitted between animals by ticks and biting flies. All animals will not show clinical signs, but once infected, the animal will be a carrier for life. Earlier this year, the researchers at Kansas State and Iowa State worked together to develop a delivery platform to protect cattle from anaplasmosis. This single-dose vaccine is administered in the back of the animal's ear and provides effective protection for up to two years. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Department of the Interior has added two Texas trails to the national trail system. Jessica Domel has more in today's wildlife report. The U.S. Department of Interior has added 30 new national recreational trails in 25 states, including Texas. According to the DOI, the new trails add more than 1,275 miles to the current national trail system. Secretary of the Interior David Bernhardt encouraged Americans to get outside and visit one of the trails in the system, which he says provide easy access to a wide variety of outdoor experiences. In Texas, two trails were added to the National Trail System. The first is Nobby Knees Trail in Liberty Municipal Park in Liberty. DOI says the trail is a gateway into the bottomland hardwood forests of Trinity River National Wildlife Refuge. From the trail, visitors can explore nine miles of trail network and visit scenic areas, including the Palmer Bayou Boardwalk. The second trail is the Trinity River Paddling Trail in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. The trail covers 130 square miles, spans nine cities and three counties. There are two official launch sites along the trail that offer access to three major river tributaries, the Clear Fork, West Fork, Elm Fork, and 40 miles of the main stem of the Trinity River. 
A map of all the national recreational trails in the U.S. is available at nrtdatabase.org. That is nrtdatabase.org. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service's 2021 Birding the Border event will be held April 29th through May 2nd. A link to RSVP is available at today.agrolife.org. That is today.agrolife.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. All of our agricultural markets were closed on Friday for Christmas, but we'll take a quick look back at how the markets wrapped up the week on Thursday. That's coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. For more information, visit OLI.org. giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We wrapped up a holiday-shortened trading week on Thursday with a higher close for both live and feeder cattle futures. December live cattle up 22 cents at 112.15. February up 25, 114.97. April live cattle up 27 at 118.97. Feeder cattle closed higher. January up 65 at 140.92. March feeders up 37, 142.32. April feeder cattle up 17, 143.92. The cash fed cattle market saw a slight jump. We moved $2 higher late in the week to sell live cattle at 110. Dressed sales were at 172 up north. Those live prices two bucks higher than the previous week. The dressed prices four dollars higher. Let's check a couple of feeder cattle auctions now. Quero Livestock Market, Quero, Texas, selling 1,607 head. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.22 to $1.70 a pound. Three to four weights, $1.27 to $1.80. Four to 500 pound steers, $1.26 to $1.66. Five to six hundred pounders, a dollar twenty-one to a dollar fifty-eight. Six to seven weight steers, a dollar eight to a dollar twenty-six. And the heavy seven to eight weight steers brought a dollar to a dollar twenty a pound. Slaughter cows brought fifteen to fifty-five cents. Slaughter bulls seventy to eighty-four cents. Carnes County Livestock Exchange, Kennedy, Texas, sold 639 head. The trend steady to higher. Two to three weight steers, $1.50 to $1.85. Three to four hundred pounders, $1.41 to $1.85. Four to five weight steers, $1.41 to $1.79. Five to six hundred pounders, $1.22 to $1.51. Six to seven weight steers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar twenty-nine, and the seven to eight hundred pounders brought a dollar three to a dollar seventeen a pound. Slaughter cows twenty-two to fifty-five cents. 
Slaughter bulls, 67 to 80 cents. Stocker cows, 790 to 910 a head. Cow-calf pairs, 800 to 810 a pair. Back over to the futures market now. Lean hogs close lower on Thursday, February down 90 cents, 66.95. The April down 20, 71.10. Class 3 milk was mixed. January milk down 37 cents, 16.63 a hundredweight. The cotton market continues to climb. Very good export sales continuing to support this market. We had the weekly export sales report on Wednesday morning. It was the third straight week that sales were over 450,000 bales. That helped support prices. March up 6 points, 76.20. May cotton up 12, 76.86. December 21 cotton up 43 points at 73.70. The wheat market narrowly mixed on Thursday. Hard wheat slightly higher, soft wheat slightly lower. July Kansas City wheat up a penny, 5.93 and a half as we continue to climb towards $6. July Chicago wheat down one and a quarter at 6.15 and three quarters. The corn market put in its 10th day in a row of higher closes. March corn was up three and three quarters, wrapping up the week at 451. September corn up one and a quarter, 430 a bushel. December corn up one and a quarter, 424 and a half. In the energy markets, January natural gas down six cents, 254. February crude oil up 18, 48.30 a barrel. The financial market's higher with the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 70 points, 30,199. The Nasdaq up 33 at 12,804. The S&P 500 up 13, 3,703. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up another edition of Texas Ag Today. Be sure to check us out next time. We'll be right here to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.